0: And here we go, and welcome officially to fall. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Got a great hour planned. We are very glad you're here. On the way, inflation and lump sum pension Payments. That is something that our financial planning team spotted. Ask annexes on the way, questions about beneficiary IRAs, tax bombs, and torpedoes. You got to stick around for that. Are 60 40 portfolios in danger? Bonds or bond funds? And then gold or gold funds? That is all coming up and a whole lot more. I'm Danny Clayton. In the studio with us, Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Danny.
0: And Mark Beck, Managing Director Wealth Management Services. Here we go with a week in review, and wow, what a week in review. <laughs> there is definitely a lot to talk about. You know, it felt a bit
2: like a roller coaster ride, with most of it being the downward direction after you know, we did climb, you know, quite a bit from June lows to where we had been recently, but a lot of volatility inducing news this past week. The biggest one, Jason, that we need to dive into a little bit is, you know, the decision by the Fed for another seventy five basis point rate increase. And also So their post-rate increase press conference, where they really started to talk about a very, very hawkish tone, maybe even further out than what some folks in the markets were expecting to hear from them. So let's spend a little bit of time, you know, kind of dissecting that aspect first.
1: Yeah, and I think everyone's a bit fed up with the Fed at this point. But let's dive into it. And everyone had kind of anticipated that the Fed was going to raise rates by 75 basis points, but maybe what they didn't anticipate was that. They would set the terminal Fed's fund rate for the end of this year at 425 to 450 basis points. That's three hikes more than the market had baked in just one month ago. And really, what catalyzed that revaluation was the hot CPI print coupled with a, a really hawkish forward guidance. So I, I think we need to ask ourselves a couple of questions. And it's is the Fed overcorrecting its past policy error? Moving to too slowly to quench inflation? last year, are they now raising rates too rapidly? And the other thing is, how does this impact the relative attractiveness of asset classes? So in June, the FOMC was projecting real growth for 2022 and 2023 of close to 1.7% per year. They revised that down to 0.2% for 2022 and 1.2% for 2023. They also projected that the unemployment rate would be 3.7% in 2022 and 3.9% in 2023, which would represent a nominal increase in the number of people unemployed. Now that's changed. They're projecting an unemployment rate of 3.8% for this year, so a small, small pickup. And then next year, it's going up to 4.4%. And that's a lot of numbers there. But what does that really mean for the economy? 1.15 million Americans are expected to lose their jobs as a result of the Fed's tightening policy.
2: So if you think about why some of these indicators create this additional volatility, because like you said, heading into this Federal Reserve meeting, we pretty much were expecting a 75 basis point rate increase. And so people say, well, why in the world do we see this big market sell off? And it's digesting some of that follow down or trickle down news. So wow, a much dramatically lower expectation for GDP growth. And therefore, this whole concept of a soft landing sort of goes out the window. And you know, we start to project that into what that means in terms of number of people expected to be unemployed. So here we are talking about persistently strong employment, but forecast that into the future. Unemployment, well, that means reduced consumer spending, certainly. It's the snowball effect that occurs because we're going in the wrong direction at that point. One
1: important rule is called the SOM rule, and it basically stipulates that over a 12-month period, if the unemployment rate increases by 0.5%, you are going to have a recession. And the Fed should be very familiar with this rule because they are the ones that published it in 2019. But here they are saying that the unemployment rate's going to increase by almost a full percentage point, and that next year growth is going to accelerate from 0.2% year over year to 1.2% year over year.
2: One of the reasons we talk so much about the Fed, and I I like your opening, the people are fed up with the Fed, right? But one of the reasons we talk about that is, is a major potential cause of a bear market is a policy mistake by the Fed. And what we're trying to figure out right now is, are they correcting for a past policy mistake
0: or are we bracing for a future policy mistake? Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst. Nice job. Stick around for the rest of the hour, okay? Great, thank cool. you. And we got Mark back as well. Mark is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. We say it often. In investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We can review available on demand this weekend at the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Otherwise, the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel at the top of the hour. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We are going to be right back on 620 WTMJ. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button if we can help, and I know we can. Hey, listen, uh, last Wednesday we had a great webinar. It was packed, as packed as a webinar can be. It's called What Inflation Means for Your Money. We sense a huge demand for this topic, and so we're doing it again on Thursday. That's right, next Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. Details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. More details there. You can also register. Know the difference? It's one team, one plan, one fee. I'm Danny Clayton, Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst in the studio, along with Mark Beck, Managing Director, Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management.
2: You know, Jason, before the break, we were talking about you know the Fed conundrum. When we're talking about is you know the balance between rising rates causing a recession, stamping out inflation, how all that stuff is going to play out, and I think about that in terms of asset allocation and and where we position assets and moves you might consider inside your portfolio. And um, it was an overriding theme this year in the equity side is to think about how do we shorten equity duration, a term that people aren't necessarily familiar with because we think about duration risk more in the bond market side of the portfolio, but in an environment like this, it's very applicable to the equity side as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think the way that investors need to think about interest rate risk with respect to stocks is to almost think about a, a seesaw. On one side of the seesaw, you have an interest rate, and on the other side of the seesaw, you have price to earnings multiple. When that interest rates rise it really is gonna push that price to earnings multiple down. It's opportunity cost. You can get more now from fixed income than you can get from equities. So in this type of environment where the 10-year treasury is getting close to yielding 3.7%, we're looking at things and we're we're talking as an investment team about the prospect for the economy slowing into a potential recession. And we're seeing that increased interest rate and thinking, hey, maybe here we should be legging into duration. And it might be too early to take on credit risk, especially going into a potential recession but duration is starting to look very attractive at this time.
2: Yeah it is certainly and it also translates on the equity side to think about things where we realize the economic benefit on a short term versus a long term. You know meaning if you think about growth stocks in the perspective that all the R&D and all of the market building uh, activities that are going on inside of a company that's really growth oriented that you expect that to come to fruition w- within the next decade or so and you're willing to take the risk now for that strong future payoff, you know, those are growth types of stocks, as opposed to value-oriented stocks where you can see tangible profits being produced right now, strong free cash flow, and the ability to translate that into dividends. That's a shorter duration type of equity risk. And, And so the pivot and the balance between growth to value in the portfolio is something that you reassess during a time like this as well.
1: Absolutely. And you want to focus on those companies that are producing free cash flow and, and, and returning economic profits to their shareholders. And, and the other thing that is really important is during a recession, things go bad. You know, th- things for businesses go bad. You have bankruptcies tick up. Well, I want to look at a company or our team. We want to look at companies that are generating economic profits and have rock solid balance sheets. We want to decrease that risk of bankruptcies. And in fact, we want companies that are so well positioned that if there is a company that is at risk of bankruptcy, they take their market share and they come out of this recession better and stronger than they did, you know, they went into it.
2: Absolutely well said. so the inflation side, let's talk about that you know a little bit and some of the indicators that we've seen. I know just this past week you participated in a earnings call from Costco uh, clearly a barometer for what the consumer uh, is doing. and so share a little bit of the insights that you gleaned from that.
1: Yeah, I would say the CFO seemed to indicate that inflation is coming down. He, I think the exact words that he used was he was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. he was talking about commodity prices coming down shipping costs trucking coming down and one of the interesting things that he pointed out which i didn't think of was when you have an economy uh, a business with the economies of scale of costco they had their buyers laser focused on understanding what was causing prices to go up and the example that he gave was hey grills are going up in price why is the gr- grill growing up in price oh it's the cost of steel as an input that's going up quickly well he has those same buyers now monitoring the price of steel and as that falls he's taking cost out of the merchants so we would expect prices to fall maybe a little bit faster than they did in the past because you have these large buyers coming into the market demanding that the consumer gets a tax break in this environment.
0: Jason Cooper is a trader and research analyst at Annex Wealth Management. Great thoughts. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Folks, this show is to educate and inform. That is our number one purpose. It is full of examples of what we do on behalf of our clients. But folks, it's only a glimpse. You need to find out more. Need to see the whole picture. Spend a minute or two this weekend. Fill out the contact form when you click that Get Started button. Now is the time. Annex Wealth Management is ready. Hey folks, what's the impact of inflation on lump sum pensions? That's next. This is Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Want to get people talking about the good old days? Get them going on pensions. used to be, that was the center of many people's retirement. And it came from a time when workers would spend long careers at one company. One of the major benefits of doing that was the company Pension. But we still see them in client accounts at Annex Wealth Management. Isn't that right, Tom Burkholz? Sure is. We still see pensions all the time.
3: They're slowly becoming less common, but certainly still a vital piece of clients' overall portfolios that require a lot of planning and attention around them.
0: Tom is a financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. He keeps a close eye on what might impact a client portfolio, and pensions are back in the news. Yes, changes are coming to many pension plans around America before we get to that, how about a quick pension history lesson? Because again, it's kind of a, not an olden day thing, but it's, it's something from a previous generation.
3: I actually just learned the other day that the concept of pension goes way back all the way to the Roman Empire, where retired soldiers were paid a fixed amount for their service. And now, obviously, with modern pensions have evolved over time. There's all these different types, like government pensions and state pensions, and they all have their own little nuances and planning opportunities around them.
0: So when did the shift away from pensions start?
3: So there's this huge shift away from defined benefit pension plans and to defined contribution plans. The most famous example is the 401k, and really that started in the 1980s and No coincidence that's around the time that the 401k was established in 1978, but as we've shifted from defined benefit to defined contribution, there's this shift where the investment risk that used to be on the employer has gone to the employee, and now that the employee has to invest the 401k, manage it, and make sure it lasts their entire life.
0: Plus, pensions used to be something that you just hung on to. You were with a company for a long, long time. 401ks can go from company to company, right?
3: Right. That's one of the benefits of the 401ks we're seeing.
0: Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pensions usually are set up. They distribute funds monthly, almost like Social Security, right? They do a payout.
3: Yeah. Typically, pensions do come with a menu of payout options. However, not all pensions offer a lump sum. So you do want to check and make sure. But it really depends on the employer. But what we find with our clients at Annex is most people who have a pension also have a lump sum pension option available.
0: Now, is that because the company wants to get out of the pension business or they just want to just make right one big check?
3: Yeah, not always. But to your point, sometimes we do see companies who don't want to be saddled with a long-term pension obligation and then offer a lump sum in lieu of having to make monthly payments. But usually it comes down to how the pension was just structured in the beginning.
0: We're with Tom Burkholtz, a financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Pensions back in the news. Tom, you feel that this is an important thing. What exactly is going on?
3: A very important thing and concept for people to understand is generally there's this inverse relationship between interest rates and lump sum pensions. So as interest rates go up, we see lump sum pensions going down usually. So during COVID, when interest rates were kept falling to stimulate the economy, the lump sums were going up. But now as the Fed is trying to curb inflation and increase rates, guess what we're seeing? We're seeing lump sums potentially go down.
0: With the Fed raising interest rates, what happens to lump sum pensions within client portfolios? So as the Fed is raising the rates, we're
3: seeing that the lump sum pensions could be going down. So it's just something to be aware that all these interest rates hike all year long may have an impact on people's lump sums next year.
0: And that could be an issue. And is this forcing decisions that need to be made? And if it's forcing those decisions, is this like soon?
3: This is a time sensitive planning opportunity, especially for people who are at or near retirement age. But just in more general terms, I think it's a great opportunity for people to be just more mindful on how their pension works and how interest rates might play a part in that. And maybe consider sitting down with a professional who can help demystify your pension.
0: So is this something where people would even choose to retire early to beat a change that's coming up?
3: There's certainly planning and timing considerations around retirement, but generally it's for someone who is planning on retiring as soon as possible and considering retiring this calendar year versus next might be worth it, but usually if you're within five years, it's not worth it.
0: It's been kind of crazy lately, right? You had a lot of people that early retired, and then you're starting to hear of people that are getting back into the workforce, mm-hmm. but it really it gets down to having that plan.
3: Yep. Planning around pensions, health care, all of those things, and that's what we're here for.
0: Yep. It all matters. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Tom Burkholtz, CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Danny. This is Monday Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Saturday, September 24th. Let's get caught up and head to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Time for Ask Annex. As always, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button if you got a question for us. We get back to everybody. Some folks prefer to remain anonymous. That's no problem. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, is with us. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Danny. Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager, also back. Welcome. Thanks, Danny. Got a bunch of good ones. Our first one is from Don. I'll soon have a beneficiary IRA, and I understand I've got 10 years to deplete it. At 62, shouldn't I just wait until retired when my tax rate will be lower?
4: Don, since the withdrawals from an inherited IRA are taxed at ordinary income and you have the flexibility within those 10 years to decide when to make the withdrawals, it would make sense to wait until you are in a lower tax bracket. Just make sure you have a solid distribution strategy because there are other things to consider when generating income. For instance, the IRMA thresholds for Medicare premiums, the net investment income tax or NIT, and how will the extra income affect your Social Security, how it's taxed. I'm not sure of the size of this inherited IRA and it may not be an issue, but just be mindful that this isn't just the tax brackets that you need to consider when generating income.
0: Irma has made her way onto the show for two weeks in a row now. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Next one is anonymous. What is a tax bomb?
5: There are many tax bombs, but I think what's being referred to here and a lot lately in the media is what Sarah just talked about. You've got a tax bomb waiting for you. So let's give a scenario. This person inherits, say, a million dollars at 62 and doesn't do anything with it until 72. You know, at that point, they've got RMDs to take care of. They've got a million dollars they have to take out as interest. Under the old rules, Pre-Secure Act, it was a lot easier to handle these beneficiary RMDs. You had a dollar amount you had to take out every year. Now you have a lot more flexibility, which gives you a lot more opportunities for tax planning. But there is this tax bomb hanging out there if you don't have a plan
0: in place to distribute the money in a good manner. We were chatting before we sat down and you also mentioned something called the tax torpedo.
5: Yes, that's why I originally thought this question was referring to the tax torpedo, that's another one. With lower incomes, when you're receiving Social Security, you might not pay any taxes on that Social Security income. When your income goes above just a certain amount, not only do you pay income taxes on that income, but now Social Security suddenly becomes taxable at different percentages, 50%, 85%. So a little bit of income could have a really large tax effect. So probably any decision you're making involving withdrawals or Social Security that's involving taxes, Talk to a professional because there's some landmines
0: that you could step on. Next up, Anonymous, if the 60-40 portfolio's days are numbered, what replaces it? And Sarah, I guess I turn to you and say, is the 60-40 portfolio's days numbered?
4: (laughs) I do not think the 60-40 portfolio is going away. 2022 has been a very unusual year so far because both the bond market and the stock market are in negative territory. Usually the bond side of the portfolio has less volatility and works inverse- to the more volatile stocks, but not this year. The aggregate bond market is down double digits and so is the stock market, and this is not typical. So investors really need to think about where returns could be going in the next couple months and years ahead and not where they have been. I would be leery of these advertisements telling you that the 60-40 portfolio is dead because they are trying to sell you something and they are using the most popular investment allocation to get your attention.
0: Next up, and I think we're going to combine two questions. First is anonymous, second is from Tim. The first one, if I rebalance toward more fixed income, do I buy bonds or bond funds? Funds seem far easier to navigate. Tim's question is, is there an advantage to buying gold in coin or bar form or versus some sort of fund?
5: Yeah, Danny, we like to combine these questions because they're very similar. In both cases, the example is, do I buy something with experience that I have, and knowledge I have, or do I leverage the experience of someone else? With bonds, they're very, very complicated. In fact, the bond market is much, much larger than the stock market. Even at Annex, where we have a lot of experts, we do use individual bonds, but for the most part we use bond fund managers because they really know what's going on in that giant market. Same thing with gold. You can buy gold individually. It can be kind of unwieldy. You can hear some horror stories about that kind of thing. You can find a gold fund manager, or maybe they're, they're in different things around gold, whether it's you know processing or mining. In general, we would say, unless you have some good knowledge in that
0: area, leverage someone else's knowledge by hiring a manager. Did you know that Randy was a math major?
4: I did not know yeah, that.
0: Yeah, so bonds are real mathy, aren't they? They are very mathy. And then we'll close on a very nice note from Terry. Kudos to you for last week's show talking about what not to do when someone passes. I saw my uncle making many unwise decisions after my aunt died, and he was suddenly surrounded by new friends and confidants. More needs to be written about this. And so again, that's why you need somebody riding along with you that you can trust a fee-only fiduciary. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, that's what we do. Know the difference website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. You bet. Randy Winkler, CFP and Wealth Manager. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure, Danny. Are annuities worth it? We're holding an in-person event to discuss that very question, and we'll cover that next. Quick break. We're going to be back at 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? One of the most misunderstood financial vehicles is the annuity. Many of our clients have them in their portfolio, but they can also draw criticism, and that's what we're going to talk about, and tell you about a way to know the difference if you have an annuity. In the studio, two teammates who are hosting a special event coming up soon. First, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA. Hey, Deanne. Hello, Danny. Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Eric. Hi, Danny. Eric, annuities are part of many of our clients' portfolios, but they are mysterious. What's
6: the elevator explanation of annuities? Well, Danny, believe it or not, annuities actually go back to the Roman times. And then here in the United States, we've had annuities going back even to the 1800s, right? So they've been around with us for a long time. But fast forward to the modern day, annuities really can do two things. Number one, they can provide guaranteed income and or number two, they can provide investing with what I call bumper lanes. Remember in bowling, you've got the bumper lanes. Investing with an annuity is similar to that. There's guarantees, but you pay a pretty big price for those guarantees. However, for some, it can be worth it. So Deanne, annuities can perform a useful role in a portfolio.
0: They've got that rather checkered reputation. Why is that?
7: Well, they're confusing from the riders to the fees involved, surrender periods, and how you can possibly break or get out of them and what you can expect. Also, we have to remember they are sold products, meaning the broker is selling something where they get a commission. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people getting paid on a product. However, you have to follow the potential conflict of interest here. If somebody's more concerned about that and just what's suitable at the time, they make their commission, they sell a product. And if there are writers that need to be enacted in the future or action steps that have to be taken – Who does the follow-up on that? So it really is left up to the person who buys it. And if they don't understand what they own there's a problem. And they're
0: on the upswing too, right? Because there is market volatility. They're pitched as being these safe vehicles, never go down in value, things like that, right?
7: Yeah, that is very true. So of course, it's a little simple to play on somebody's fear when people are opening up their statement, paying close attention to their investments and seeing at this time things heading in the direction they've been heading because of inflation. This is why financial planning and long-term goals are so important, understanding what you own.
0: Client education is a priority at Annex Wealth Management, and we're glad to reassemble people at our Elm Grove headquarters.
7: We are presenting this topic, and it's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, we are. It's called, Are Annuities Worth It? It I love the title, by the way. (laughs) It actually is a live event. It's on Wednesday, September the 28th at 6 p.m. in our Elm Grove branch at 127th and Blue Mound. You can find more details and register at AnnexWealth.com under the Events tab.
0: Question for both of you. Who should attend? Are annuities worth it? Uh, Eric, you first.
6: Yeah, so if you already own an annuity, And maybe you're asking yourself, is it appropriate for me now? And do I have an acceptable level of understanding of how my annuity works? Because Danny, as we review annuities and we review hundreds every year, we frequently see there sometimes being that lack of understanding or lack of purpose or appropriateness. That can be one person, if you're thinking about buying an annuity right now, because we've had some increased volatility this year. That's another good person. Get another second opinion by attending an event like this.
7: You know, Danny, I've had people come in to see us where they have multiple annuities that were sold them over the times, and maybe they were right at the time, but now they're retired or getting ready to retire, looking at this and going, oh, what do I do with all this? So second pair of eyes, we analyze annuities all day long.
0: Eric, the Annex Wealth Management annuity analysis, really? Hundreds of them? I mean,
6: we, we've gone over hundreds of them? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're in the range of probably three to 400 per year that oh. we are analyzing wow. every single year. And that's because annuities are very popular and they become more popular in a time like this. But You never want to act with your finances out of fear, right? You want to act out of financial planning and out of knowledge and understanding and purpose for your investments. So that's why it's so important that if you're thinking about buying an annuity now to attend an event like this, learn a little bit more about how they work because it's a very long term commitment.
7: Yeah, I always say, follow the money. You know, they can be very expensive products and we're going to break that down as well. But it's really about knowing what you own and following the money in your case, your tax circumstance, your income, one of the biggest, I'm going to say problems that we see when people first come to us after retirement is maybe they've retired and they've turned on all their sources of income and now they have a tax situation, right? So that's why we have a robust tax department as well.
0: Deanne will die on that hill of the don't turn <laughs> on all your your income sources. Have
7: a plan around it, right? right. Have a plan because right. there's planning you can do like Roth conversions, et cetera. And you may have writers on an annuity you don't know about. This is why being up to speed on what you own is so important.
0: I love the title. Are annuities worth it? Happens next Wednesday, right? Six Mm o'clock at the Elm Grove Branch, 127th and Blue Mound. Details at annexwealth.com slash events. Eric Strom, financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Danny. Deanne Phillips, director of client learning and development, CFP and a CDFA. See you Wednesday. You bet you will. Annuities, are they worth it? Quick break. We're going to be back. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple things I want to remind you about. First off, we have an encore webinar. We had one on Wednesday. It was huge. Same topic and it's a hot one. What Inflation Means for Your Money happens on Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. You can register and find more information at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Also, sign up for the Axiom. That is our free weekly newsletter. You don't have to be a client for that. You can do that on our website. We're on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're skipping... TikTok for now. Uh, The YouTube channel is pretty good. It's got over 1,500 videos that we produced. And also, you want to dig in deep, really deep on the market. We've got a great SWAT podcast. That's Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats from the Annex Wealth Management Investment Team. We crank that thing out Monday mornings. It's only about 15 minutes long, so it's an easy way to consume and get up to speed. And last reminder, the show is available on demand at the top of the hour on our Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel. So, if you came in late, I'm Danny Clayton. Jason Cooper is a trader and research analyst on the show this week. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management.
2: You know, Danny, you mentioned that SWAT podcast. I really enjoy that. And boy, we get into deep into weeds on some of those topics. And, you know, my job when I'm in meetings with clients is to
0: bring that back up to the high level. Kind of, int- I'm the interpreter, basically, right? Well, it makes me feel a lot better as a client of Annex Wealth Management to hear the thinking and the thinking from a lot of really smart people and Jason you're one of those guys you've been on the SWAT podcast so yeah Yeah, it was a great experience good good all right you guys were kind of going during the break and you were somebody turned a phrase that I really like what was that
2: yeah we're gonna go there right now in fact you and so speaking of deep in the weeds right this is a wonderful topic and I promised Jason I'd give him a little bit of time to geek out on foreign currencies so let's head right there and have that conversation right now Jason
1: Sure, thanks, and the thing that I had said is the investment team had been saying the entire year that the United States and the domestic market is really an oasis. And I think what we need to think about now is taking a trip into the desert. And let's talk a little bit about Britain and what's going on with their currency. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think we should do that. So we're leaving the oasis. We're heading into the desert, right? And so um, some of these underlying forces are those things that are not really covered in the news, but they can help you understand what's happening in the markets and maybe give us some signposts as to where we think we're headed. So let's talk about what happened with UK currency this past week. and, And really, we can kind of work our way through some
1: of the other currency markets. Sure. Well, the the easy one is the UK and their government came out on Friday and decided to cut taxes going into a recession with the budget deficit already blowing out. What do you know? The currency is down 4%. So that that was the, the easy one. But what what I think investors might be bored by, but it's kind of interesting to, dis- to discuss, is what's been happening in Japan over the last two get decades, Mark. So, what do, you, what do you think? Should we go there?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting experiment, I think, and something that we need to keep
1: an eye on, because the focus would be not repeating the same mistakes. Absolutely, because Japan has really led the United States for by about one to two decades, and whether it's indebtedness, the demographic trends, or the extreme monetary accommodations they've made, they were the first ones to bring interest rates to the zero lower bound. They were the first ones to implement quantitative easing. And in 2016, they were the first ones to implement something known as yield curve control. But it's, it's like that old saying, if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? Well, they implemented yield curve control, but the market didn't test them. This year, it tested them. Now yield curve control effectively means that they they will buy any amount of bonds that the market is willing to sell at a predetermined price with fixed income prices interest rate. So they pegged the 10-year JGB to 25 basis points, while every other developed sovereign nation had their their sovereign markets the the yields in their sovereign markets increasing. Japan depressed theirs. What do you think happened to the end this year? At the beginning of this year, one dollar bought 117 yen as of. Friday, it bought about 145. When I when I entered this business, I was always told that the yen is effectively a risk-free currency. Not anymore. It's trading like a meme stock, on the downside too. What are the potential impacts from you know dramatic change in the yen? F- for them, it's the impact is going to be that everything is going to get a heck lot more expensive. But the question that we might need to ask ourselves as an investment team is, what does this policy mean on a go-forward basis? What would happen to the U.S. dollar if we were to implement something similar? And why would Japan peg interest rates to this low level? And what I think, what we think the answer is, is that they are an over-indebted economy and they can't afford interest rates to rise. When interest rates rise as an over-indebted economy, you don't pay back that debt. No country has actively been paying back their debt. They roll over the debt. What happens when you roll over a debt at an increased interest rate? You get into what's known as a debt spiral. We think that Japan is the first country that's actively trying to reduce the possibility of a debt spiral, and they're taking it out on their currency.
2: And the way that they do that is to print additional currencies so that they can buy their own bonds, so they can yield curve control, which the trade-off to that, of course, is inflation.
1: Absolutely. And one thing to point out is that Europe might be implementing a similar policy by already limiting the spread between the Italian tenure and the tenure German Bund.
0: Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Mark, now's the time. It is
2: absolutely the time. You know This highlights the complexities behind your investment portfolio, so
0: it's not a set-it-and-forget-it environment. No, do not set-it-and-forget-it. Work with a professional. You know better. Do something. If what you've heard in the last hour clicked at all, spend a minute or two, click that contact form when you click that Get Started button. Now is the time. Annex Wealth Management is ready, folks. See you back here next Saturday at 10 o'clock. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ.